Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. To Psychomedy. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, first class honours in both. In the podcast, I use a few techniques to really delve deep into the sometimes dark minds of comedians and to get to the bottom of what makes someone become a stand up. Not looking at each other in the eye during the conversation is one such technique. Another is we use audio clips recorded from the comedian's sets, which are often revealing as well as funny. So we thought we'd bring you some of the highlights of those moments in this, our first of our Best of the Clips clip show special. Matt Richardson was the first guest on Psychomedy and part of his act was to tell a rather personal story about his girlfriend. But he got an extra reaction from the crowd when he revealed she was in the audience as well. So you were telling a fairly disgusting story about the two of you on yeah. stage on Friday, which obviously she's presumably heard many times. Yeah. And um, there, was a, there was a beautiful moment um, just after you tell this when some new people walk into the room. Yeah. And uh, we've, got, we've actually got this clip lined up um, to remind us of it, um, where you reveal to, uh, that your girlfriend is in the audience. And indeed to me, it was a surprise to me because I've never met your girlfriend. And I thought, uh, so it was, a, it was a nice funny moment. So let's have a listen to that now. If you want more context on this story, you sat next to her. Now, um, <laughs> how do I recover from this shit? Okay. There's only one way out, isn't there? Fuck off. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Oh my god, mate, I want, I want to make you my first wife. Fuck you. Now, um, hey, don't be offended. I want it to be my third wife as well. I'm just going to make a mistake in the middle. Now, <laughs> I like that you laughed at that because you're posh enough that your dad probably has had three wives. Now, <laughs> so there was, um, it was a lovely moment to reveal that uh, it was a lovely personal moment that your girlfriend's there. Yeah. Um, but then I, I got a sense immediately afterwards of whether it was the audience looking at her, like, oh, yeah, who's your girlfriend, right? Maybe more interest in that. Yeah. Or maybe the kind of banter between you on stage. And then some, suddenly it was like, oh, what's going Because you'd had, you know, a great gig up to that point. And then suddenly it was like, oh, is it? I, I don't know. What did you feel at that moment was happening? Um, like, I mean, I, I don't mind revealing that she's there. No, she mm. couldn't be less bothered at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it, it does then, I think it changes an audience. It sort of, the problem is with stand-up is as soon as you kind of bring it into that world that you're in in the, in the moment, I suppose. Mm. So for example, like I've mentioned that my mum's in the room mm. and then that's changed the tone of a room because yeah. all of a sudden they go, oh yeah, you're a real person. And these, 
and you live a real life and these are all based like, like the story about my girlfriend and the tampon uh, mm. is like it, there's a grain of truth there mm. and I've really pulled it out mm. um, but all of a sudden they're going oh it's it's all a bit weird it's the same feeling you get when people bring people that are too young to a gig to a gig <laughs> in that it makes it a bit too real because people want to watch stand up and they want to go oh I wanna, yeah okay I'll, I'll buy into all this if there's a 12 year old sat next to you especially the kind of stuff I do they go oh this is actually a bit this is actually a bit gross. Mm. And when the person that's in the audience that the story's about in, they go, oh, this is actually a bit gross. They, they don't want to be faced with the reality <laughs> of, what is, um, of what is being said. David Mills is brilliant. He's one of the most linguistically talented comedians on the scene. He's received some glowing reviews, and we spoke about them, as a setup to a clip that perfectly illustrates his comedy construction. Well, you, do, you do have a definite brand, and absolutely, it is really important. You've got to... Great review I saw from Broadway World out in New York. Yeah. We did the gigs in Pangea, and it yeah. said one of the most flawlessly constructed nights of comedy one is likely to see, and that's a great description of you, I think. Flawlessly constructed, you always look great in a, in a sharp suit for most gigs, and, yeah. and the delivery's kind of flawless and uh, delivered with uh, great rhythm. Let's, on that note, have a, have a listen in to you performing exquisitely. <laughs> From a recent gig at Comedia in Brighton, where mm. you're talking about non-binary people, I believe. Oh, and also they went missing. They went missing. I had to go to the police and describe them. I said, okay, they're tall and they're short. They're blonde and they're brunette. What's the problem? The police said, well, how many are they? I said, they're two. And they're one. And they're one. The police said, they're three. I said, they're two and they're one. The police said, they're three. I said, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to misgender them. Or misgender them. I said, whatever gender agenda you're trying to engender. I thought that was very clever. You can fuck off. I mean, how dare they? Not them, them. Granny Maguire is known for her political comedy and her tweets have gone so viral she's been invited to appear on several TV shows, including This Week with Andrew Neil. Oh. So yes, you are, you are a different type of comedian to, to a lot of people. I think that's a good thing. You know, you've become <laughs> widely known um, over the last few years for political comedy and commentary on yeah. um, shows such as Question Time and yep. This Week and Unspun. Um, mm. And I've seen your live show that you do, uh, What Has the News Ever Done for Me at Camden Comedy, which is great. So, um, so we're going to play in a clip now of you on This Week. Of course, oh. the Prime Minister famously avoided the Andrew Neil interview recently, but you signed no, right up yeah. for it on This Week. Take and there's that. a there's a nice clip here where you're talking about stand-up with Andrew Neil. I do stand-up, and when I'm really nervous, I fart. When I'm really nervous. You're not I'm, nervous today, <laughs> no, are you? No, I'm very relaxed. <laughs> God for that. One time I was at a gig, I was walking to the microphone, I was so nervous, I farted so audibly that I had to acknowledge it when I got on stage. And the, it was one of the best gigs of my life. Do you use this for every uh, <laughs> intro now? Just to break the tension. Theresa May. So Theresa May really needs to yeah, put Yeah, she needs yeah. to say, guys, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is why Boris avoided the interview, I think. He didn't want those kind of things to come out. I, I think I might have mentioned this on this podcast, that I don't watch that much television. I uh, used to watch Bullseye a lot. I've stopped doing that, actually. But actually, this week, I would watch, because it's kind of when we get in from gigs, this week would be on, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it was exciting, you know? It's exciting being on that, I'm sure, is it not? It was. That was so incredible mm. I absolutely because that was the one show I really 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 wanted to be on yeah. and it's finished the BBC have, have stopped I it, know which is so stupid very sad it got amazing ratings and was like very cheap to make but mm. in their wisdom um, but I just love Andrew Neil. I just love his vibe I love his essence I love what he's got going on mm. I, I, I won't lie I thought Michael Bertillo would like me a lot more than he did mm. because gay Tories tend to like my energy and he was not feeling it so that was disappointing but Andrew Neil, we got him really well and I really liked him Heckling is often a problem at comedy gigs but it can also be part of the fun Often we play back a heckle and the ensuing exchange to our guests to find out what they thought of it all. Here's the fantastic impressionist Luke Kempner dealing with one such troublemaker. Talking about hecklers, how hmm. have you found hecklers over the over the years? We've got a couple of bits um, yes. lined up that we might play from that Bill Murray gig. Okay, so yeah, how, yeah. how have you found them generally over the years? Not too bad, really. Like I, I genuinely, I don't mind people shouting stuff. I don't encourage it, but I don't mind people shouting stuff out because usually there's fun to be had with it. Yeah. Um, what I don't like is when people go, oh, "Shit," you know, which has happened now and again at certain gigs, and it's drunk people, and you just sort of go, "What's that?" And they go. Oh. Fucking shit, mate! And then you go like, oh, "Well, all right." What do you? And that, that I find a lot harder to deal with than just people who shouting out random stuff. Because mm. usually you can either slightly embarrass them, you can slightly embellish it. Okay, well, let's have a little listen actually to your yeah. audience interaction. So we've got uh, one clip lined up here where you're doing Donald Trump, okay. and there's a nice bit of interaction here with an audience member. Okay, now there's one final thing you gotta learn if you're gonna be me, okay? And you gotta learn a bit about a strain on your voice. Now, how best to explain it? Um, do you like takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, I like takeaway. I love takeaway. Okay, what's your favorite takeaway? Chinese. China. China. Oh. <laughs> China. They build a great wall. <laughs> Oh, Lara, you're doing great. You're fantastic. You're about a nine. <laughs> so, um, as you say, most times, I guess, interactions will go like that. And, yes, uh, yes. But sometimes they might go a little bit weird. Yeah. And we have another clip here later on in that night where okay. it goes a tiny bit weird. Nothing too nasty. Okay. Another time it happens to me, it happened to me today, and I was in London town, Alara, right? You, you all know what I mean, it, right? And I was in London town, and I suddenly needed to do toilet. Right? Which part of London? <laughs> How is that relevant? <laughs> what part of London? Yeah. Are you? Is it like you're trying to catch me out? <laughs> Leicester Square, that's all by oh, London, obviously. Tips. Are you looking for tips? <laughs> Have you been caught shot? What's your name, my dear? Sorry? Go bubba bum. Right, and that's the end of that interaction with that person. I love that. That's the end of that interaction. <laughs> but it's like, but it, you know, it's like, okay, you want to join in. So you're shouting, you're like, what part of London? And you're like, what? Okay, you want to join in. It's really weird that you've even, that's that's been your heckle. But then to come up with a stupid name, you're just like, okay, right, that's the end of that fun then. Because you're just like, what, you know, you're trying to be, you're trying to be the comedian now. Mm. Where it's like, if you want to play, we'll play. 
But like, if you want to just be stupid, well then we can't we can't have fun with this, and the audience won't enjoy it. So I just like, well, that's the end of that then. And some comedians just won't put up with heckling if it's disrupting the show and ruining it for others. We recorded Marcus Brickstock at the Comedy Store, where he ended his set with this rebuke. Listen, don't sit there in the front row saying it's not funny when you're surrounded by people who have the manners to listen and who are laughing. It's okay for you to not find it funny, but shut up. Because everybody's paid to come out, and don't be the guy who doesn't realise that your behaviour affects the people near you, because it does. And if you don't, if you don't change your behaviour, I will destroy your credit score. <laughs> Trust me, my data self is doing it, right? Fuck it. Yeah, fuck you, I sold out. I had a marriage to pay for. It's been great, thanks so much for having me. Take care. Oh, it's nice that I'm sitting here laughing at my set. <laughs> So, so that guy, when I, uh, the routine just before that is a really, is a really strong bit that yeah, I just, closing bit. I just found one day and, and it, it's worked for a while and I really like it. It's, it's slow, it's delicate, it, it builds and the guy in the front row, who was the same guy who asked if we were trying for kids, who'd been noisy throughout, he was one of those Every time you said something that he recognised, he turned to the person next to him and went, I know about that thing! <laughs> and they're hopeless. But during that bit, uh, people were really laughing a lot. And I know how to land that routine. Yeah. He said again and again and again, that's not funny. This isn't funny. That's not funny. Was he saying that to you? Yeah, really loud. God. But but a bit to me and a bit to the person next to him, desperate to be heard. And I'm like, I mean, I meant what I said there, you know, like, of course I want everyone to find everything funny. That's that's my responsibility. They've paid to be made to laugh. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Hmm. But if you don't find a bit funny, if you find it offensive and, and it offends you enough that you want to, get up on your feet and say something. Then we'll we'll go to and fro and see what happens. It's fine, but he just wanted to tear it down by saying that's not funny. That's not funny. That's not funny. And objectively, most of the room definitely thought it was. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I kind of most interviews with stand ups will ask about the H word. Uh, that what's the best heckle? What's it like being heckled? And da, da da And the truth is, most comics I know probably haven't been heckled in a year, <laughs> two years, five yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Heckled, I mean, someone yelling something out, some confrontation, some comment funnier than yours, or whatever. Yeah. It's so rare. Yeah. What happens, and it's got much worse since digital communication, is people just have a chat. Yeah, yeah. But people have much less awareness of how their behaviour affects the people around them. Yeah. I thought it was such a great moment. But you're, you're aware, I guess, that no, virtually no one else in the room has heard him yes. apart from you. Yeah. So 
looking back at that, what, <laughs> what's, uh, I mean, I thought it was great and it's such a great, and you said it in such a great way and there was such a good payoff with the Experian ad. But I guess only half <laughs> yeah. the room understood that yeah, joke, perhaps, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but uh, the whole room united against this man. Yeah. It was really nice moments. Um, yeah, I mean, what, you know, it, it's easy as a comic to get drawn to the, the, the person who isn't liking it. Yeah. and focus way too much of your attention on that person and play yeah. a whole room like they're not liking what you're doing when in fact it's only one person. <laughs> How much of the gig were you looking at that guy and being angry oh, about uh, him? Oh, half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Half. I was like, to begin with, it felt playful. I was like, okay, you're one of those, you comment after yeah. after a thing rather than just laughing and being ready for the next joke like most sane people do and that felt like a game to me that was fun i'm like okay i'm going faster now i'm going a little louder i'm gonna move more physically mm. and i will have your attention yes i will and and you will not have time to turn to your friend and say this because i will i will have your attention and i will take it with me and I, i'm saying this now i mean obviously these are not wholly constructed thoughts when i'm on stage but that's what was going on for me. Yeah. But then when I had left him behind and was pressing on with something more uh, slower, softer and quieter at the end there, that's when he threw all his toys out of the pram and just started being babyish, oh. shouting, this isn't funny, that's not funny, it isn't funny. <laughs> And at that point, then, you know, then there's a confrontation. But yeah. but it's interesting to me, I'm not the only one either. Sally Ann Hayward, who was hosting last night, said she's done the same. But I have much more over the last 10 years stopped as a comic and not sought to be even slightly funny, but spoken to someone in the audience and said to them, you need to be aware that your behaviour <laughs> yeah. is affecting the people around you. <laughs> They have not come to listen to your conversation. You have to know this. Please, please don't be fooled by what your phone delivers to you. I've done all this on stage, just, just spoken it at people and just said, don't be fooled into thinking that how you behave when you're out has no effect on other people because it does and it mm. matters. Trevor Locke has no set list and no prepared material. He gets his material straight from the audience and here he was at Camden Comedy Club and we all watched as this star once again produced Comedy Gold. So Friday's gig, um, I think, uh, had two main elements, I would say, in the audience. A couple on their first date and a nun. Uh, we'd found out she was a nun from the MC, uh, but I think he generously left it to you <laughs> to explore this. Um, we talked about the first couple of seconds. Something happened in the first second there, actually, that I think was nice. Somebody commented on a noise that you made and instantly said, oh, you're great. <laughs> Those moments are great, aren't they? Well, in the first second, something happens in the audience where it's just like, oh, he loves me, so they love me kind of thing. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a nice moment. So yeah, in terms of the in terms of these two elements, the first date and the nun, maybe we can cue up a clip here just to give you a, a taste of the atmosphere in the room. I hope do you know what I hope? I hope it was a monk. I hope it was a, a what? It was a priest! Whoa! They're on a first date! Get in! None in the corner! 
that you lot weren't fucking interested in. Oh, there's a nun. Move on. Let's have a joke. Um, are you loving it at those moments? Are you? You seem to be laughing quite a lot. Yeah, I'm. I, I, that's why. This is why I do this kind of comedy. Yeah, mm. because I enjoy it, and I just think if I enjoy it, um, then there's a chance that other people will enjoy it. So you know, if I am genuinely having fun, mm. then and I can't enjoy my jokes uh, after you know the first two or three times when you're developing a joke. And, and, and you're getting it right, of course, it's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's, it's thrilling to, to think of a thing, develop it, get it right, get it right. But then once it's there, then for me, there is rapidly diminishing returns on the enjoyment of saying something that I've already said. Alexis Dubas, a.k.a. Marcel Leconte, takes a lot of risks with his audience interaction. We went to see his fabulous cabaret on the South Bank last summer. He asked the audience for their party tricks, but for what seemed like forever, none were forthcoming. Now, apologies ahead of time. If the audio is difficult to understand at moments, this was one of our clandestine recordings, and the producer Mike had his recording device up his jumper. So, I saw your experimentation in action a few weeks ago. I came to see you at uh, the brilliant Marcel de Caen Cabaret Fantastique. We oui. Underbelly. We. Oui. So you were hosting that show, and in this you were uh, encouraging, very much encouraging, random things to happen when you asked for people's party pieces. Uh, and there was a kind of, I think it was about a two-minute period where nobody was, <laughs> <laughs> and you just were relentlessly, no, there, there will be someone soon. But, you know, as the minute and two minutes became three minutes, I thought, what, what's your plan? Oh, God, what's was it plan? that long? Well, maybe it wasn't that it long. It might have been. Felt, but it was it was you you scour the audience once then you say, and again what, is there a plan if nobody do you just then ditch that section or because it was my friend who actually unbeknownst to me started ferreting around in his bag and was the first to kind of break the ice so he was yeah, yeah do you have, I mean we won't talk about him maybe because <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't want to be but uh, do you have a plan when that doesn't um, well usually no up? like something will happen yeah and it did well of course. After an hour, it was an uncomfortable yeah, yeah, yeah. hour of waiting. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> I like playing that waiting game because I like creating the tension. Yeah, it was, it was great. It's, again, a very Marcel thing to do, the silence and the tension. I, don't, I think we, 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 we fear silence so much. Yeah, it was society. silent. And my, my friend pierced that silence with, mm. I've got something. It was, yeah. And it's great because that gets, when it's been that long, it mm. gets a huge, you know, a, a, the applause from the audience going, well, thank fuck, it wasn't me. <laughs> of course, yeah. you know, and, and, and it gets that, that lovely release, which is what mm. comedy is in its essence. But it really broke the ice because then we had, you know, hands going up. And this was the, this was the third, um, Hand going up, mm. and let's have a listen in to this clip just to give us uh, an idea of the atmosphere in the room. It was great. I'm going to bet everyone in here <laughs> knows a strong fucking start. <laughs> at least two dozens in New York. That no matter what your background is, no matter where you're from, in about 15 seconds, you're going to see something that can't be faked. That have everyone in this room clapping. Keep the dick in the pants. <laughs> That's a smart thing to ask in America. So, God, that man was confident. My God. Yes. And what he did was, was uh, 
<laughs> it was a bit of an Irish jig. I it was, was it, it was, was truly exciting. It was it was really exciting. It was like what is going to happen now? Yeah, and he did a little. Uh, he did an Irish jig, and weirdly, I he he put something on Twitter the following day right. about how I went. I went along to the show and ended up being part of the show. You know, and mm. and it, um, it turns out I looked at his profile and he. He's a uh, uh, one of the producers, I think, of Lord of the Dance. Oh wow! <laughs> so he sort of, you know, he, he learned from the best. He's a, he, he is a flatly a flatlyite. The amazing Kate Barron's comedy style is brilliant. It's frank and it's down to earth, shall we say? And she says she talks to the audience like she talks to her friends. Here we're chatting about some audience interaction at a Camden comedy club gig she appeared at. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's cut to this gig, shall we? Then uh, sure, yeah. So um, that we um, that we met at. So it was at the Camden Comedy Club uh, a couple of years ago. It was uh, as tends to happen in July in London. You may have noticed the kind of audience audience uh, kind of numbers start to drop off as it's yeah. the only month of the year yeah. that is sunny. But um, it was a kind of nice, friendlyish crowd. It was quite. It was quite a. I would say a in terms of the previous act in terms of. Anything slightly controversial, edgy, had not got the laughs that maybe something a bit tamer had done. So it was right. maybe maybe that kind of a kind of a tame, kind of polite, polite crowd. And of course, right. I then of course I don't know your act apart from the clips that I've seen. So I was looking forward to you coming on stage in this kind of polite crowd. Is this something you're thinking about before you come on? In terms of this is a polite night here because actually in, in your opening line you said presumably as a joke he said would you like my normal set or would you like my more polite tame set and I, you know i presume that's a question that however they answer it you're just gonna do your stuff exactly but, yeah yeah, um, yeah it doesn't matter what they say i'm going into what i'm going into yeah no and i even find that people who want that more like even claim to sort of want that more polite stuff i i like to hit them how i like to hit them and yeah. i think i i will alter it slightly i do have certain jokes that i would pull more um <laughs> If it was a, a quite an older crowd, I wouldn't do as much. But on it, I feel like people are people, and they want it. And that sort of that that like gut reaction they have to laugh at certain things that are highly inappropriate yeah. happens often. And that shock value is something that I like as well. Yeah. I usually open my sets with really aggressive. I open them up really <laughs> aggressively. Like I like to open them up really aggressively to yeah. sort of set that tone. Yeah. Um so even if they're very nice, yeah, if they had said, "Oh, give us the nice stuff," I would just sit there and blink at them. I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what I would say. And do you have any fear there in terms of opening up aggressively going in so hard? Yeah, sure, but if I mean a little bit, I guess, but at the oh. same time, if they really pulled back and they weren't liking it, I would probably start engaging with them more. I would talk about why. why. I would probably get into that with them. <laughs> I've never really had a response where people go, oh, and clutch their pearls and walk out and faint <laughs> or something. I'm sure I've walked people before. But I, don't, I don't know, though. Yeah. Someone told me once that because I smile a lot on stage and because I'm kind of friendly seeming, that even the stuff I say doesn't come across so aggressively yeah. because you know i'll go up there and drop the f-bomb a hundred times but then i'm smiling yeah absolutely you're, <coughs> you're very warm but, uh, you're a nice ruthless <laughs> yeah a nice ruthlessness yeah so um we're gonna play a couple of clips from this uh gig just to give a flavor 
Um, I remember it being awful, so go for it. Oh no, it was fine. I mean, the, we, we haven't we, we haven't actually got a mic brilliantly for, for for clips. I don't think we had a mic particularly on the audience's laughter here, but you can hear them laughing. They were laughing. Um, so there was just a couple of clips I wanted to play. Sure. Um, and the first one, you're talking to a couple in the front row who end up on being uh, on date three. <laughs> date three. <laughs> so kind of uh, symptomatic of this audience. Very sweet. Oh, they're on date three. So here we go with you having a little chat with them. <laughs> yes, threesome. This is happening. What Have have you guys already been talking? You haven't been talking to you, right? You're like, no, thank God. We have not yet. You guys are together, obviously. I say obviously. You don't know. Okay. Oh, so you're a whore. No, I'm just... <laughs> A whore for hire. Boys, take notes. No, no, no. I'm just, you're lovely. So, uh, is this like a Tinder date or what is this? Date three. Oh, so still pretty new. Um, yeah, but you, have you guys fucked yet? This is, this is literally the whole show is just going to be this. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you kind of almost, it's almost like it's something you'd never said before. Like, have you guys fucked yet? So it's like, you had a thing and just like the first thing that came up, yeah. Have you guys fucked yet? And like, <laughs> me and Mike were sitting at the back just laughing, thinking this is funny. This is, as you say, this is shocking in a way, but it's funny and it's, it's in the moment. Um, I genuinely try to talk to the audience as though I'm out <laughs> for brunch with my friends. But and I'm just like, do you okay. guys fuck last night? Like, are you, fu- like, what's happening? Yeah, okay. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, this is it. The, <laughs> many of the things that you were saying, which appear shocking in a comedy club, absolutely, you'd say to your friends. You know Exactly. The- and finally, we played this clip where she quite honestly and hilariously misheard what the audience member said. But before we go, let's have, a, let's have the second clip. I probably should have played this earlier, but let's end on a second clip because it's just very funny and uh, just sums you up at how funny you are and uh, how you know, it was it was a it was a quiet room in terms of a timid polite room but you smashed it as I'm sure you'll continue to do so and this was a lovely moment when you're talking to uh, a couple that's uh, not date three it was date two with them and it comes out in a very funny <laughs> way here we go what's the story with you two who came in later at the back there you said sucking dick <laughs> that, that's literally what I heard Sucking dick right now? Good for you. Goals. Did you say sucking? Second date. Second date. But maybe sucking dick, depending on how the night goes. <laughs> I uh, okay. I'm gonna preface this by saying I have some hearing loss <laughs> in one of my ears. I blew out my eardrums when I was a kid, so I do. That's wow. why I naturally speak so loud, and uh, and sometimes I mishear what, what people are saying. So I honestly did hear sucking dick, but I think I also hear what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Even your hearing loss is funny. It was great. So there we go. That is the end of part one of our best of the clips clip show special. Next week, we'll have more highlights from the likes of Jakey App, Nick Helm, Shazia Mirza, and more. Psychomedy is presented by me, Nathan Cassidy, Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and produced by Mike Hansen, BA English for Pod People Productions, music by Mike as well. Please rate and review the show and become a supporter on patreon.com slash nathancassidy, where for as little as £5 a month, you'll get some exclusive content, including the Psychomedy pilot episode with Joe Jacobs in a couple of weeks. Thanks also again to our partners at ThreadUp Counselling. They're still offering free online mental health check-ins at this time. 
Loads of love to you all. Thanks so much for listening. See you all again next week.